Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I wanted to move on to social distancing and today I wanted to talk about Sinn Féin's uh, Michelle O'Neill's comments on radio yesterday and not just her comments but the same comments by the way were echoed recently by Tony Holan uh, when he suggested our new normal going forward now have a quick listen and this was yesterday on Downtown Radio as uh, she was talking to Stuart Robinson uh, so have a quick listen to what uh, she said alright here we go we will be socially distancing for a number of years uh, we will be staying apart in sort of even in, in um, gatherings of, of people for, for a number of years, I believe, because until we get to the point where there is uh, a vaccine for COVID-19, we're going to have to learn to live with it. And in order to live with it, we have to be able to do all these things to try and minimise the transmission. We will be socially distancing for a number of years and we will be staying apart for a number of years until we get to a point where there's a vaccine. Now, we have talked about this. I've said this till I'm blue in the face over the last six or seven weeks. There may never be a vaccine. There might be a vaccine and that's going to be a bonus. Let's hope that there is a vaccine. Let's hope that we get a cure at some point as well. That'll be great. That's all a bonus. But there might never be. Other scientists have said that there has been many other viruses throughout time that we've never had a vaccine for. It took 10 years to get a vaccine for the flu, for example. Um, It took years and years to get vaccines for a lot of the diseases that we're now unfamiliar with because thankfully they've nearly gone. The likes of smallpox and polio and all those. It took years to develop vaccines for those things. Some of them 10, 20, 30 years. HIV, 30 years before we got it. We don't really have a vaccine yet, but at least we have a medication now which stops people from dying and from it uh, turning into AIDS. So it takes years sometimes to get a vaccine and sometimes we don't get them at all. And sometimes vaccines are completely unsuccessful. For example, the swine flu vaccine. Um, was taken back off the market again because sadly some young people were getting narcolepsy that was taken off the market. And by the way, I'm not anti-vax, I'm very pro-vaccination, but there are, there have been some very unsuccessful vaccines. The current flu vaccine that we have, although it does help, there has been years where it's been very unsuccessful because what they have to do is predict the next strains for the following year of the flu. Uh, I think it's four they can fit into a vaccine essentially, and one or two years, we've picked the wrong strains. Sometimes it can be 25% successful, 10% successful. So it doesn't always be very successful. And I advise people to get it, if particularly if you're in a vulnerable situation. It's better to have it than not have it. Um, but social distancing is a form of isolation of human beings in the long term. This is not about the plan. The phase plan, yeah, we all know about the phase plan and we're going to have schools open certain days, shops open, pubs open, restaurants, but they will all have to open with social distancing going forward in the future. And the suggestion by Tony Holan and the suggestion by Michelle O'Neill is that social distancing will be for years until we get a vaccine. Or that could be 18 months. We don't, we actually don't know the answer to that question. And neither does Michelle O'Neill, for that matter, or Tony Holan, for that matter. None of them will know, because we're no closer to getting a vaccine. Every time, every day we hear a story about another university which is developing a vaccine, and we're nearly there, and then all of a sudden, ah, no, we did a few trials there, it wasn't quite as successful as we thought it was. We hear about cures, um, you know, and different medications that might work. Then we do some clinical trials, and no, it wasn't working. So we have to wait. We don't have that yet. But social distancing... Let's talk about that because that's what they're talking about. It's a form of isolation of human beings in the long term. It's not just about good hygiene, of course, because washing hands, coughing into your elbow, all those things and good hygiene are scientifically proven to have a very positive effect 
And, you know, we should have been promoting that for years. We shouldn't be just promoting it now. We've had, over the last number of years, millions of people who have died from different communicable diseases and viruses like the flu and like other viruses that we've had in society. So we should have always been promoting good hygiene, washing hands and, you know, not coughing into somebody's face. But social isolation has wider implications, including not being with a dying member of your family at their last moments, not being at the birth of your child, not being able to afford to go on holidays because, of course, the cost of travel, air travel is going to go through the ceiling because, obviously, they have to reduce the amount of people on planes, not visiting friends with social distance and prior arrangements, uh, little or no shared workspaces, grandparents not seeing their grandchildren, weddings in jeopardy, uh, no large events, including sports, where there'll be spectators and gigs where you'll see your favourite band playing, you know, in a stadium or in a big auditorium, um, even small concerts, None of that for the next three years. And there is other implications to that as well. And the other implications to that are young people. Our young people, and I listened to a really interesting uh, talk yesterday where this guy was talking about 13 and 14 year olds. And if we continue to social distance for a long period of time, they become socially conditioned um, into thinking that that is the norm, that, you know, you don't have close contact with other human beings. And that could be dangerous for our young people. For us older people, you know, we know that it's temporary. Um, you know, hopefully we get back to the way we were. But they didn't have a way we are where this is their normal. This becomes their normal. And they find it very difficult then when they lay it all ends and somebody turns around and says, well, you can go back to doing what you're doing before. Um, they, don't, they don't have it before. So they have a fear of that. You know, as countries across the globe hunker down, according to uh, Holt Lundsted, who she did research in relation to social isolation, she said loneliness increases earlier death by 26%, social isolation by 29%, and living alone by 32%. And one of the reasons people can suffer in social isolation, she said, is because of personal relationships can help us to cope with stress. For instance, your body's response to ongoing uncertainty of what's going on right now in the world may differ depending on the extent to which you feel that you have the resources uh, to cope. And this may be in lar- a large part dependent on whether you uh, or not you feel like you have others in your life that you can rely on. So that applies probably more so to older people, um, for example, who can't see their daughters or their sons or their grandchildren, 72 years of age, sitting in a house on their own. I spoke to somebody this morning and he said he sees that his grandmother, who hasn't had any contact with her grandkids or him or his uh, or her daughter-in-law for over six weeks now, or eight weeks nearly probably, should I say, And he said, I've seen her age. She's aged in eight weeks. She's miserably unhappy, where she was always a happy-go-lucky 80-year-old. Now she's miserably unhappy. And he said, I've seen her. I've watched her age over the last eight weeks. This is what they call the secondary effect. And it's called despair. And according to research out today in America, they expect that 170,000 people will die of the secondary effects of despair. Now, that can be, that's a very difficult number to quantify, by the way. And we can't forget the amount of people who died of COVID-19 as well. But those people are important in life as well. So, for example, just silly little things like you're eating more because you're socially isolating. That, in turn, uh, increases your body mass index, which in turn shortens your life in the long term. If you continue that habit, you're drinking more. That, in turn, can affect your your body as well, and and you could die, you know, of kidney failure, or you could die of, I don't know, liver failure later in life. So all those things reduce life expectancy, um, and loneliness, and then you've got suicide, and all those other things on top of it. So we need to have a very good debate about bal- a balancing act for human beings, 
because we're not designed to be isolated. We're designed to be together. Our relationships, but that, that goes, I mean, we think about people walking down the road holding hands. You know what I mean? That's what human beings do. We're close. We need close contact. When we meet each other, we like to hug. We like to stay close to each other. And we understand, we all understand that there's government guidelines there at the moment and we have to do what we're being told to do for the moment. But going forward, when everything opens back up again, hopefully by August, do you believe social isolation will work for two or three years? Are you, as a human being, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to sacrifice your human contact for possibly the next three to four years? Or indefinitely, if we've no vaccine. Are you willing to do that? Let me know what you think. Are you prepared for social distancing? And by the way, there's wider implications we'll talk about another day for business. After August, most businesses will be operating on a capacity of maybe 20 to 40 percent. They're not going to stay in business long. So, because, I mean, how long can you stay in business if you're letting one person into your shop at a time? Or if you've only got 20 people in a pub that holds 100? You can't stay in business for long doing that, unless the government is supporting it. Uh, let me know what you think. The number is 87 Are you ready and prepared for after August, when all the phases are finished and we're all back to some level of, norm- some level of normality, for social distancing for the next two or three years? Nigel, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Nigel? Nigel, how are you? Nigel, are you prepared for that? How could you be, Nigel? Well, and, well, and none of us are prepared for it, I such. How but, could you be? But, but are you, wi- are you willing? Are you willing to do it? What's willing, Niall? Are you willing to go into a pub and stand two metres no, away I from your mates? Not. As you know, I've been on, the, I've been on your show long enough. I, 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 I can't remember. I speak to you more often than I speak to my own wife, for God's sake. Ah, that's a good thing. Oh, by the way, can I, sorry, before I interrupt you. I was outside having a smoker on, and a lad went by in a delivery van and he stopped the car, well spotted, by the way. I don't know how he seen me. And he went, all right, Niall! Out the window of the car and I waved him. However you were, how are you? Sorry, I just I wanted to say hello to him because he went to the trouble of actually stopping his van in the middle of the road to say hello to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Nigel. Yeah, you, you no, talk to well, me more than your wife. So, look, talk to me, okay? I mean, right. how do you feel I, about I, it? I have a full-time job and a part-time job, right? Yeah. As you know, I work in a school, okay, with a thousand people in it. By its very essence, schools are designed for anything but social distancing. Okay, we sit on top of each other in the classroom. There's 27 or 28 boys in the classroom. They're literally hugging each other. There's no space in between them. How can you change that? You can't. My, my part-time job, I work in a bar, okay, with a restaurant, okay, incorporated in it, which is full every Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of people. So what do you do? As you say, if we get 240 people, I'm just pu- pulling the figure out of you, on a, on a Sunday evening in the bar, between the restaurant and the bar, how, what do you do? Minimise that to 40, one-sixth of your normal crowd, mm-hmm. have them spaced out. Well, that's be what dead. they're being told, yeah? You'd be dead in three months now. Oh, you'd be out of business. Well, be, but, 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 and that, that's a whole other issue that I'm going to talk about again, uh, and we need to talk about that. Uh, you know, uh, We need to dedicate an hour to business going forward from August, because I believe it's nonsense. I believe business cannot survive social distancing in the long term. In the short term, maybe a lot of businesses will, some won't. But in the long term, that, the economy can't survive that, okay? But I'm talking about you as a human being. Will Me you, a human uh, being, uh, after August, how long do you think people can survive without seeing their grandparents, without seeing their mother and father who might be over 70, without being at the deathbed of their sibling or father or mother who died, without being at the birth of their child, without going to a wedding, without going to a gig or a football match or, or, or without meeting their friends and giving them a hug. How long do you think people Not can survive long, that? Well, Michelle O'Neill from Sinn Féin says it's going to have to go on for years. 
it might go on in some capacity for years. What are you going to do? Just let our old people, just wait till all our old people are dead and then they'll start again. Oh, there'll always be new old people, won't they, to replace them? Yeah, of course there will. But what I'm saying is, Niall, it's it's our old people, in, in my view, it's the over 70s that are suffering the most from this. Absolutely, but here's the thing: because if, if can, you, I, I can move freely, Niall. I can go to my get out with my car now, and I can drive up to the shop. I can walk around the village. I can walk around for five kilometres or whatever I want to do, without thinking. I don't have to do anything in particular. I, you know, I watch where I go. I get out of people's ways. Blah blah blah. But the, all these options are taken away from them. They're living in a different at this moment in time. They're living in a different world under different rules than me. And it's I, it's I, not I a know, world I'd like to be living in. No, it's not a world I'd like to be living in, Niall, and it's a world I'd actually hate to be living in, that my parents are living in, and my wife's parents, thank God both of them are still alive on, on, on both sides, but I, I can see my mother suffering, Niall. Can you imagine, I had a woman on the air here going back about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Mary, I think was her name, and she hadn't seen her grandkids, and she started crying on the air. She was I, was on, I, was on that, I was on that day, Niall. Okay, okay. I was on that day with her. I, I can you imagine her. telling that woman, I'm sorry, you can't see, no, her, you can't no, see her grandkids not, for another two what, years? What, no, what's that going to do to her? She'd be no, I mean, absent people will be distraught. They will be lonely and isolated. But here's the thing: as soon as I say this or I start talking about this, you know, somebody has a go at me and saying, "Oh, well, you clearly don't care about the the people that have died." Let's be clear: the majority of people who have died have been over the age of eighty years of age, right? The majority, the vast majority, right? Now, it's not that I don't care. I value every single one of their lives, every single one. But I equally, going forward in the long term, I value the lives of the thousands of people who are going to lose their lives through social distancing, from isolation, from loneliness, yeah, from the absolutely. health implications, from not early diagnosis of cancer, all those things that we talked about yesterday. All those lives I value as well. But so there has, to be a, there has to be some sort of trade-off or some sort of balance. There has to be. In 20 years' time, Niall, right, when, I, when we look back at this, right, I don't know what way the world's going to be. I don't know whether we're still going to be doing this or whether something oh, else... Jesus, I hope happen. not. Whether something... What I mean is, Niall, if something else comes along, whatever whatever happens... I won't be doing this in 20 years. No, the point is, Niall, right, we're going to have to look back and say to ourselves, right, what did we do? Mm-hmm. What did we do to our own... I, I personally think, Niall, I'm going to... Like, how many people died from coronavirus, right? In 20 years' time, when we look back, right, let's, let's just put a figure on it. 3,000 in Ireland, right, died from coronavirus, right? There will be countless amounts of more people dying from cancer, um, other illnesses, heart attacks. Hardship, poverty, suicide, despair. Suicide, despair, yep. loneliness, grief, all these things. They are going to kill you. Like, self-pity and self-mort will kill you quicker than any disease, Niall. If you cannot get out and you cannot breathe and live like a human being, eventually, especially when you're at an age of 76, 77, in and around that bracket, you are done for. Well, do you me a favor. Well, 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 stay, well, no, stay there because I have to take a break. All right, stay there. Okay, uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087 uh, Michelle O'Neill said that self isolation, or not self isolation, social distancing, uh, will be with us for a number of years. She was on Downtown Radio yesterday, just very briefly. Here's what she said again We will be socially distancing for a number of years. Uh, we will be staying apart in sort of even in, in um, gatherings of, of people for, for a number of years, I believe, because until we get to the point where there is. Uh, a vaccine for COVID-19, we're going to have to learn to live with it. 
And in order to live with it, we have to be able to do all these things to try and minimise the transmission. Okay, I know she said that instalment, and that's directly related to Northern Ireland. But as you know, Northern Ireland and the UK seem to be all singing from the same hymn sheet now when it comes to phases and plans and social distancing and everything else. And Tony Houlihan, or Holhan, should I say, has said something very similar recently too when he talked about the new normal uh, going forward for many years as well. So I want to know what you think. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared for social distancing in the long term? In other words, all that stuff that you're doing at the moment, I'm not talking about lockdowns. You'll be able to leave your home. You'll be able to go back to work probably, uh, provided, of course, the workspace has, you know, glass screens between you and your friends and colleagues and work and you're all at least two metres apart, which is going to be practically impossible for some business. But are you prepared not to be with your parents when they die or your brothers and sisters or daughters or sons when they die and not to be allowed in? Are you prepared not to be at the birth of a child? Are you prepared not to have a wedding or a large wedding? Are you prepared not to be going to gigs or sporting events or being in contact with other human beings for the next number of years? Are you prepared for that? Yes, or no? Let me know what you think. Uh, it's a trade-off, and I want to know what you think. The number is 087 Someone mentions here as well, um, they're in, uh, where was this? Oh, I don't know where the text has gone, but somebody mentioned a few minutes ago that they were actually in foster care. Oh, yeah. Niall, um, I do agree that elderly are suffering, but I don't think they're the only ones. I'm a young person under the age of 20, and I live in a foster home. I rarely see my biological mother. Last time I saw her was the end of February, and because of the virus, I might not see her again until July or August. Oh, my. That's quite shocking. Uh, let me just go to Philip. Philip, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Philip? We heard Nigel before the break there. As a human being, Nigel doesn't believe that he could cope with that length of time having to distance himself from other human beings. How do you feel? Hi, Noel. Yeah, great to be on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Noel. Uh, I agree with him because, um, y- you know, from my perspective, I'm, I'm quite young myself. And, um, you know, when this whole thing started, we were told, OK, socially dis- social distancing. The whole purpose was to not overwhelm our hospitals. And now, now we're being told that it's, it's potentially for the next three to four years. So I think... If we continue on... The well, way well we don't know. Now, I, don't, I don't want to scare yeah. people. We don't know how yeah, long... It's until they get a virus, but or a vaccine. I mean, they may never get a vaccine. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like it's 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 indeterminate when we're going to actually have a vaccine, and when we get the vaccine, and um, you know how effective is that going to be? Because mm. I mean, you know, I, I'm no immunologist or anything, but I mean, we we really have to consider, you know, what the effects of essentially bubble wrapping our society will have on our mental health. I mean, I I seen one video on Twitter the other day. Um, of uh, kids in a classroom in Denmark, uh, and they're sitting like one one child to a desk. They're not allowed to interact at lunch times, and it's you know. And that, be, that that see yeah. the problem I have with that is uh, is that becomes their normal, and because they're children, they're like sponges. They accept it's the normal, and yeah. they're being told to fear other human beings because they might get diseases from them. So yeah. that's what they're being trained to do. And then if we got to a point in three years' time where the governments turn the world turn around and say, "Oh yeah, sure, we're grand again," how do you then tell those children it's okay to go over and hug your mate? They're not going to do it. They're not going to want because they've been socially yeah. conditioned not to do that because they're young. And I think well, I think that's a very dangerous no, do you situation. Think we're in danger of hanging our hat on a, on a. Do you think we're in danger of uh, as a society hanging our hat on a vaccine? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't see the value. Hang on a minute. Like, how, how long have we had a vaccine for flu? For the normal. Well, everyday, well, well we, we, when the, when influenza was discovered first, it was actually World War Two. Yeah, back in the World War Two. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 took it took ten took years. Ten years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even then, it was only given to servicemen. Uh, the general public didn't get it for a long time afterwards, and it wasn't a very successful vaccine. It's only in the last ten to fifteen years we've really promoted yeah. the flu well, vaccine, and it's still not very successful, by the way. No, no. If you take it from two thousand five, say to two thousand twenty, which is fifteen years, which is supposed to be the most effective uh, time period 
for the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many people have died from flu from 2005 to 2020? It's still killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Absolutely, like that. Like- and, and by the way, can I can I say in relation to that, good hygiene, washing hands being conscious of the people around you when you coughing. That's something that we should have been promoting a long time ago, not just now because of COVID-19. Hey, can, I, can I just come in, Noel, as well? Um, like, yeah. I, I think just to say, like, that, that's how I'd sum up my, my views on this like right now. Like, okay, it made sense for a while, but we can't go on bubble-wrapping society. And I don't mean that just as a figure of speech. Like, we, we actually can't go on, you know, small businesses. Well, the government, but the government but believes we can. The government is telling us to do it. We're being like told there's, there's to do no, it. There's no eternal fountain of money that, that we can provide for, you know, COVID payments, for everything. You know, society needs to go back to work at some point. Okay, be it on a rolling basis or, you know, some way. Um, and would you, know, you ex- would you accept the trade-off for that is, uh, and from the evidence that we're seeing so far from scientists, although it's not definitive, is that you can only catch it once. So the trade-off is that over the shorter term, because obviously it will spread quite very quickly once we all go back, that people will die, and particularly those who are elderly or vulnerable. Is that, yeah. is that, is that just the trade-off? I, I think the trade-off is that, you know, pe- people eventually have to, you know, take, you know, their own decision on, on, on their health. And if people feel vulnerable and they feel like they're not safe uh, of the virus, uh, say, say it's 5% of the population, why can't we make allowances for them to be protected and but I think I think that's and, what we should have been doing from the start, mind you. But yeah, yes, exactly. And look at what happened. And and less than ninety five percent of us who want to take the chance, who want to either you know say, look, if I get it, I get it. You know, I'd rather I'd rather take the chance of getting it than spend the next four years having to go on this rolling in and rolling off basis of you know, okay, we can allow small businesses. To, to come online. Oh, actually, no, sorry, we can't. We're going to take them away. We're only going to allow Tesco's and Aldi's to open. So, you know, there, there comes a point where we have to say, you know, let's protect the vulnerable. I do agree. But also let, let others who want to get back to work, who want to contribute and let's build back our economy, let them take, take the chance. Okay, well, well, hang on a second. Let me go to Bernie as well. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Bernie? Oh, sorry, Bernie. I didn't uh, flick you on there. Hang on. Sorry, Bernie, go ahead. Okay. Hi, um, um, I think in this day and age, I think just going back to what the callers there, that we have to be taught how to be, have good hygiene is madness. That people have to teach us and the government have to tell us to have good hygiene. Well, it That's took something hard. like this to happen before we, we yeah. probably realised we should have been doing that anyway. Because yeah, look at the amount of lives we could have saved over the last 20 yeah. years from different viruses like the flu, for example, exactly. or other viruses if we had washed our hands and not coughed in each other's faces. You, you know yourself when you go into a restaurant or into a bathroom and a bar or anywhere and the amount of women that do not wash their hands. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. And honestly, I, yeah. I never touch the handle on the door. Never. No, I never. Elbows. Everything yeah, elbows, yeah. Or sleeves. Put your sleeve down. Pull your sleeve down. You have to pull the door towards you. That's one thing. By the way, here's a little <laughs> tip for everybody that I I've, I found myself doing recently, right? When I'm in the bathroom here saying classic hits even, right? I When I'm finished going to the bathroom, what I'll do is I'll unlock the door and open it and then wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to. I don't have to touch the door with my wet hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. But but can but you, but Bernie? Can you see us as human beings for the next three or four years, or indefinitely, if the case may be, social distancing, not having crowds of people together as human beings? Can you see that happening? 
No, I, I think it's just going against human nature. And I think if people are sensible, and that's one of the reasons I'm ringing. And first of all, and if, if you make teenagers miss the normal, they're antisocial with their phones anyway. This is going to make them worse. Oh, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, they won't want to touch each other. Ah, I'm not only teenagers. I'm not just blaming teenagers, but people are just going crazy with their phones. But I live in Bray, and I, you know, going out for your exercise, and you're walking on the road, and people are literally, that's what I'm telling the reporter there, they're stepping out in front of traffic. To avoid each other. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, people have become quite rude to each other, and and that has to stop. People have become rude. They won't even look up. Yeah. But I thought you could only get this, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, within, uh, in somebody's close contact for 15 minutes. Originally, was that the story? Well, originally, the the distancing, according to the WHO, was one metre, but most governments adopted two metre to be on the safe side. Um, You will catch it. I mean, there was some scientific evidence earlier on that you can catch it from people breathing close to you. But that that has been kind of poo-pooed by other scientists who said, no, that's not the chances of that are so slim. So why is passing by somebody in the street? It's very unlikely you're going to get a passing by somebody in the street. Because there's a hysteria. That's why. Can, can I add as well? To stop this hysteria, because the society is going to go yeah. we'll be like robots. And, yeah. and can I add as well? Uh, like you know, even if we get it, eighty percent of us to even ninety percent of us. Ninety five. I think yeah. is the figure. We we'll be, we we'll be fine. Know. Yes. We won't even know we have it. Like so, yeah. you know, we we'll, we'll just we might feel. Yeah, well, you might you might have some yeah. symptoms or whatever. Yeah. You were saying earlier, it's your choice. If you, as long as you know your personal hygiene and, and you're aware of your personal space. It's common sense that you know you, you you look after yourself. Okay, but I think I think Philip made a very good point, you know, that if we need to get back to some level of normality uh, and the old normal I'm talking about, not the new one, we need to protect those who are vulnerable. Now, and that's the sad part that I I feel so sorry for people over the age of 70, particularly those who might be a little bit unwell or those who are vulnerable under the age of 70, having to lock themselves in their homes all day. I I just. My poor mother is the same. Yeah, well, and the people in nursing homes, how did they get in there? They 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 don't get out, so somebody got in. Yeah, what well, visit visitors, visitors obviously, because they they figure this has been around since December, by the way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. very possibly. We'll never really hear the truth. I don't think I'll ever. Well, they, they have identified a case of it in France in December now, so they figure now that uh, there could have been cases here in Ireland probably in January. We would have put it down as pneumonia. It would have, the debt would have been registered as, as, you know, the flu or pneumonia at the time. Because it would have been during a busy flu season anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people... See, the thing is, the thing is, is now, actually, there was an article, now that I remember, there was an article in the Irish Examiner back in January which talked about um, the flu season being particularly bad this year. So maybe there might have been people with COVID at that yeah. time as well. That's quite possible, you know. See, and even the, the, if, vaccine, if they do get a vaccine, the flu is a live vaccine, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, I hope they don't come up with a live vaccine of this. Is that couldn't be possible? Well, I, I think I talked to a virologist here one day, and he was saying it wouldn't be a live vaccine vaccine because of I, it, I don't know, it, it attaches itself to proteins in the body, so it's a different situation. So that's why he said it's a bit more difficult to work out a vaccine for it. I think if it had been a live vaccine situation, it would have been a lot easier to probably to find a vaccine. Okay, keep uh, keep texting in, keep WhatsApping. The number is oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. We're talking about the new normal. And going forward, politicians, Tony Holohan himself has said that we need to adapt to a new normal. And Michelle O'Neill basically has said that we need to be prepared for social distancing uh, for the next two to three years until we get a vaccine. Are you prepared for that? 
And I mentioned all the stuff there. When people think about social distancing, that I don't think you think about it properly because you have to think about the fact that social distancing means, you know, you can't be visiting friends without some sort of prior arrangements and standing apart. You can't be going to pubs and hugging your mates. You can't, you know, you can't be in an office in a shared workspace without having at least two metres and possibly a screen between you. Your grandparents won't be seeing their grandchildren's weddings are in jeopardy. No large events, no gigs, no sporting events with spectators, all that. Are you prepared for that for the next two or three years? No close contact with other human beings. Are you prepared for that for the next two or three years? Will you as a human being, will you survive it? That's what I want to know. Do you think that's acceptable to be told that by your government that you cannot make contact with another human being? As a business owner, will you survive it? I doubt it if you're at 20 or 30 or 40% capacity that you were before, depending on how your social distancing works in your business. And not only are they asking you to do it, but they will be sending a team around They've uh, now nominated a a new team um, and they will be going around to inspect your business to make sure that you're socially distancing and to make sure that everybody in your office is not using the same cup or the same spoon or the same knife and fork and everybody has their own. Just make sure there's a screen between people if they should work in a shared office space. All those kind of things will be checked. And if you don't comply, you'll get a fine or you'll be charged. So it's all very serious. Now, Michelle O'Neill has said, uh, from Sinn Féin, this could go on for years. Are you happy? Will you deal with that? Peter, you're on Classic Kids. How's it going, Noel? How are you? Well, f- firstly, economically, we're not going to be able to deal with it. I don't know who even thinks it's a good idea, but from a personal point of view, after all, because I'm not talking about the roadmap or the road plan, let's all deal with that yeah. as it goes along, but will you be able to deal with social distancing for years to come? Not a hope. It's, I, I just can't get my head around the whole thing that if people have cocooned, if people have stayed in and done everything they were asked to do, has the virus not gone, like, you know, and... Well, no, it hasn't. I, no, I know it hasn't, but, like, when you look at New Zealand and what they've done and how they've restricted everything, but... New Zealand is yeah, now... No, but we, 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 we can't do what New Zealand done, or Australia, because, firstly, they're very yeah. different countries. But here's the problem in New Zealand, right? So New yeah. Zealand are great. Let's pat them on the back. They don't have very many cases. Within the next two weeks, they'll probably have none at all. The infection rate will be mm-hmm. zero, right? And so only 21 what, people do it. Oh, great. Okay. So what are, we, what are they going to do going forward? Are they going to kick tourism in the ass and say, okay, we don't let any more visitors into this country? Because if they do, they risk infecting the country again. So that's the end of their yeah. tourism. For right now, they have everybody, anyone that comes in, they're in quarantine for two weeks. and then they're so, that's not, so who's going to go on holidays anywhere if you have to go to qu- on quarantine for two weeks? So that's never going to happen. Exactly, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. So in other words, that's, that's not the right strategy. And the best scientists in the world have said New Zealand and Australia have adopted the wrong strategy. The problem is yeah. we're somewhere in the middle. We're allowing people to get it, but slowly. Um, they, what they've done is basically stopped it. That's no good to them. It's no good for their health. It's because they, they it's like when you were a kid and your ma wouldn't let you touch anything. You know, and, and people used to say, the older people say, oh, would you let them do it? They have to build up an immunity to it. So yeah. that's unfortunately what New Zealand are doing at the moment. They've snookered themselves in a situation where if this virus is around for 20 years, they're never going to be able to open their doors to tourism again. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's baffling me, honestly. And then personally as well, uh, like I manage a football team and the young lads, there's 17 young lads there that are, that are parents are like, is there, is there ever going to be training again? Like, going forward, you can't see if we're never going to have to be able to contact. You're going to see contact sports go. You're going to see... Well, like, the GAA have already said there won't be any games until there's a vaccine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so no one's going to are insured in sports clubs if they want to start up again in and, and this new... Uh, road plan that we have mapped out 
in the 28th of June when when sports some sports can start back or whatever they like they have they contact each other like are they going to start bringing out Nike masks and Nike gloves and we're going to start seeing people walking around with Gucci masks on and Gucci gloves and like is it going to be a part of our our clothing now that we have to wear the mask and a pair of gloves all the time. Well, they were talking about that in the FA in the UK that they would have to wear masks during training. Now, they're not playing yeah. any games yet. And I'm saying, I, I don't play football. I don't play co- any sports. But I can't imagine what it would be like to run around for 90 minutes with a mask on your face. Exactly. And then for young children as well. Like then, I'm watching horse racing in France and all the jockeys with their masks on. And is this going to be a new part of our lives where everybody just has to wear a mask and a pair of gloves? And is that enough to stop people from getting infected and if it is why is everybody not doing it like okay let's well, say there Roisin very quickly I've only got a minute Roisin you're on Classic Hi. Kids would you be able to deal with it for the next few years um, I I think we could probably keep about half of the measures and that might help everybody like you know I mean the screens and the supermarkets and stuff like that I think they could stay up yeah. hand sanitizer, yeah. different things like that. Yeah, I think good, I good, good hygiene. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, a lot of it could could stay around. If I could see my family, I'd probably be, I I could handle an awful lot more of it. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Um, like cause my mum's in a care home now, so I haven't seen her since the fifth of March. I seen her on the fifth of March, and they closed the doors on the seventh of March. Yeah. You know, um, so I haven't seen her since then. That's awful. So, you, you must be missing her something terrible, do you? It's awful, and oh. it's, it's awful for her because she's be- confined to the bed. Oh, so, no. So, you know what I mean, um, which we won't, you would argue she might be safer because she isn't mixing. Well, the residents are not mixing anymore in any care homes. <laughs> but, right. um, That's like, it. You know, I, I feel so sorry for elderly people who've lived all their lives relying on their family, being with their families, being with yeah. their friends, and even in care homes, they have their family come and visit them. And now, all of a sudden, the last years of their lives... They're you know, cut off from and, and they're cut off like, from everybody. You know, it's just awful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I, I know there has to be another way of dealing with this situation. I know. Like, I wonder would they bring in that we could go in now, maybe when you know, in the in the full PPE, PPE at our own cost, even and a temperature check or something like that. I'd be happy to be tested. Well, I'm, I'm hoping in the next sit with her for a while. You know, yeah, I'm hoping in the next few weeks that we will have you know you know portable testing kits that you can test yourself in two or three minutes. Hopefully, somebody will develop that, and that way we could just test visitors who want to go in and and see yeah. how they are. That maybe that will make it easier for everybody. But look, Roisin, thank you very much indeed, uh, I, and loads and loads of people are texting in. Somebody says if we all have to wear masks, lipstick sales are going to plummet. But you can put the lipstick on the outside of the mask. That's why Helena was showing me a video one day of some girl putting makeup on the outside of the mask to make it look or match her face. I know, it would be ridiculous. Look, to be honest with you, I don't... Michelle O'Neill has said it's going to go on for the next two or three years. Tony Holohan has suggested this new normal as well. I don't think that human beings in Ireland would accept that. I don't believe human beings anywhere in the world will accept that for a long period of time. And I think the government are going to have to sit down and start thinking logically and properly and thinking about us as human beings. Yes, sadly, people are dying. But please, please, those who are in power, listen to the rest of the people in this country. Listen to everybody else as well, who going forward, many will die if we take the wrong measures. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.